welcome to the podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta, where we are committed to changing lives with faith, hope, and love. We're so glad you are here. Our second scripture, which is a gospel lesson from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, I will begin at the 43rd verse. Listen for the Word of God. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him about whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote. Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come from Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, he said of him, Here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, Where did you get to know me? Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As good and in some cases longtime Presbyterians, you know about the church calendar. It's a little bit off from the chronological calendar. It starts at the end of November with Advent as we anticipate Christ's coming. So the next season is then Christmas for just a couple of weeks, and then we hit Epiphany. Well, Epiphany lasts until Lent. I bet you didn't know that. We don't talk about it that much all the way up to Lent. But I did want to talk about epiphanies, specific epiphanies today. Wikipedia, you know, that great resource, calls an epiphany an experience of a sudden and striking realization. You know, we talk about revelations as well as epiphanies, and we can find a similar definition that a revelation is a surprising and previously unknown fact especially one that is made known in a dramatic way. Well, I wonder, but you probably have experienced an epiphany in your own life. Perhaps you learned a fact about a friend that explained something about their behavior or their characteristics. I remember learning of that one of my church members had played professional football. That was a surprise. Another member had been the homecoming queen at her college. That was a surprise. Have you had experiences like that? Learning things? Maybe you were suddenly struck with a great idea for a new product or an invention and you thought, I need to patent this. A lot of folks have that. And these are all epiphanies. 
In the best sense of the word, most of our education should be a series of epiphanies. We realize new facts and understand new concepts, and that light bulb turns on and we understand how dull our life would be if we didn't have any surprise revelations about the people and the world around us. Let me give you a personal example. Um, you probably remember when you were younger that, and maybe you thought math was a waste of time. Is that true? I was so glad to hear about multiplication and division. Did you ever ask that question, whatever will I do with this math? Did you ask that? Well, then I took calculus in college and I thought, when will I ever use this stuff? Then I took physics. I had an epiphany. We were using calculus all over the place. We were calculating the paths of rockets and thrown balls and how satellites would travel. We were calculating the mass of planets, using it in the design of buildings. In fact, there are so many applications that we don't think about, but we can appreciate. Calculus is used to measure the speed of infectious, infectious disease spread and determining proper dosages for our medications and for calculating our lives for our insurance policy. All these things are happening, but you don't have to figure it out. Discovering the uses of calculus was an epiphany for me. Now, didn't Sir Isaac Newton have an epiphany when the apple fell from the tree and he discovered that form of energy that we call gravity? That was his epiphany. Now, coincidentally, Newton also developed calculus. With calculus, as with most of our educational concepts, we need the eyes of our minds opened so that we can understand and we can grasp and remember new concepts. But for understanding matters of God and faith, I think we need spiritual eyes. We need the eyes of our hearts open so we can grasp the revelations God intends for us to help us in our individual spiritual journeys. This brings us to the second definition for epiphany or revelation, the divine or supernatural disclosure to humans of something relating to human experience and human existence or to the world. Now, I like that. I like that divine part. Don't we all want divine revelations? We're certainly familiar with these kinds of events for other people. We all know about the epiphany of Moses as he encounters God in the burning bush and Jacob's epiphany when he's wrestling the angel. During Advent, just last month, we considered the epiphanies of the angel speaking to Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, about John's birth in his old age and the angel appearing to Mary to announce the birth of Jesus. 
to understand and appreciate these and other, other events, we need more than our minds. We need the eyes of our hearts. Aristotle defined the heart as the seat of spiritual and mental functions. Our hearts, our, our essence, the essence of our being. It is with our hearts we must learn about matters of faith. This week, our Thursday Bible study resumes, and we are going to be looking at basic Christian beliefs this semester. The first concept is revelation. Not revelation in the book of the Bible, but God's revelations to humans. This is the beginning of our theology, our study about God, our attempt to understand God and our purpose here, and that is what God reveals to us. Now, I'll bet you have had a revelation out in nature that we would call a natural revelation. Standing in front of a beautiful waterfall, looking up at a large mountain or down deep into a canyon, watching the sunset over the ocean's horizons, did you have a feeling that creation was a miraculous work and it's a miracle that we're here, a gift from God? Have you had that feeling? Isn't this an epiphany too? Both John Calvin and our Westminster Confessions begin with this idea that we should be able to come to some belief of God God the Creator, just because of the wonders of the world around us. But is that enough? The conviction, the conviction of the truth about God the Father and God the Son proceeds to us from the book that lists the divine revelations, the Holy Scriptures. We believe in the Scriptures, don't we? Not everybody believes. In his book, The Case for Christ, the legal journalist Lee Strobel set out to prove that there is no God. In the process, after much research, he had the epiphany that he couldn't prove that. In fact, his, the eyes of his heart were opened, and he converted to faith in Jesus Christ, and for the rest of his life, he served as a pastor, or still serves as a pastor. I loved a movie, you probably haven't seen it, it wasn't a blockbuster, called Risen from 2016, starring Ralph Fiennes. It's about the centurion who supervised Christ's uh, crucifixion. You'll remember we hear about him in the Gospel of Matthew in this verse. Now when the centurion and those with him who were keeping watch over Jesus saw the earthquake and what took place, they were terrified and said, 
truly this man was God's son. What a dramatic epiphany. Now the movie goes on to tell a tale that the centurion is assigned by Pilate to investigate the strange occurrences concerning the rumors of Jesus rising from the dead. He investigates and interviews many people, and his investigation leads him to the upper room where he sees Christ alive. He has a confirming epiphany. He goes on to leave, the, he deserts the army and never goes back and spends his life telling the story of Christ to everyone who would listen. In a more actual example, in 1956, at the height of the Montgomery civil rights protest, Martin Luther King received a death threat by phone. He feared for his life, and he went to God in prayer. He later wrote, at that moment, I experienced the presence of the divine as I had never experienced God before. It seemed as though I could hear the quiet assurance of an inner voice saying, stand up for justice, stand up for truth, and God will be at your side forever. Almost at once, my fears began to go. My uncertainty disappeared. I was ready to face anything. King had his epiphany. One more simple example. I remember one of my members in Hoover, Alabama, told me privately about an experience with God. When his wife was feeling ill and was near death, he felt frantic and helpless. But at that moment, a feeling came over him that reassured him that he could go on. He suddenly felt peace that he had never known before. Could he prove it was God? No, but he didn't have to. His, the eyes of his heart were opened. This was his epiphany. I wonder if you haven't had some sort of experience or epiphany like that. Well, beyond the revelation in nature around us, all of God's revelation to us begins with Christ, and all of our understanding of Christ comes from the Holy Scriptures. We read the Bible that we might understand, that we might experience the epiphanies God intends for each of us, that we may see many divine epiphanies in our life. I tell you, if you look for them, you will see them. Now, what about this guy, Nathaniel? Who was Nathaniel? A friend of Philip. A man who doubted that anything good could come from Galilee. A plain spokesman, or spoken man without deceit. A man who doubted that Christ had come until he met Jesus and heard Jesus and experienced his own epiphany. 
and his heart was opened, and he proclaimed, you are the Son of God. Nathan became a disciple and followed Jesus the rest of his life. We need an epiphany about who Christ is. For our biblical characters and more recent personalities, God's epiphany resulted in a changed life, a coming to faith, a conversion in the way of living. Lee Strobel, the centurion, Nathaniel, all came to confess Jesus as Lord. They all dedicated their life to following and serving Jesus the Christ. What part of our lives do we dedicate? You know and you see as you watch people joining the church that the basic requirement for joining almost any Christian church is that you confess Jesus as Lord and Savior. So each of you has proclaimed Jesus as Lord. Have, have you had an epiphany bringing you to this confession? Has your confession led to life-changing experiences? Jesus said in John's Gospel, They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me, and those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. We should always ask Jesus to be near us and to reveal himself to us, to reveal his will to us, to give us his peace when we need it, just as, we, as he promised. We read, we study, we pray, hoping for epiphanies from God. Again and again, for at times we all feel afraid, we all are doubtful. We all fall into sin. Indeed, we need again and again to see the love and forgiveness of God with the eyes of our hearts. Let our prayer today come from the Michael W. Smith song, Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Amen. This podcast is a ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta. Come join us Sundays at 189 Church Street, Marietta, Georgia, or visit us online at fpcmarietta.org.